0: Thanks for joining us for Season 8 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy.
1: And thanks for that kind and warm introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatzi. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, before we get into it, because we got a great show jam-packed with lots jam-packed, of exciting jam-packed. things. Jam-packed show. But I got to tell you, we're going on the road again, Jimbo. So I, hope, it, road I hope you didn't unpack I hope you well, don't unpack because we're going and you know, bother I don't even know. I know you don't really, I take care of the travel plans when we go away. I am like, you know, uh, Jimmy one time traveled by himself. He ended up in the wrong city. I take <laughs> care of Jimmy's travel plans. I got that. Jimmy Napa Valley, Napa Valley, Napa Valley. We will be drinking some wine. We are headed to Merck tech executive summit, Napa Valley. And we are excited to drink some wine, listen to some pitches and talk to our fellow operators and have a great time out there. So super excited about that. Uh, but we had a great show, Jimmy. You wanna talk about who, who
0: we got? Yes, yes, I do. And Shads, as we talk about Mertek though going forward, let's start with the, we're gonna be networking, working hard, digging into some interesting operators. And by the way, every now and then, we'll, glass, we'll grab a glass of vino. Let's not leave Ooh, with the wine. Let's lead yeah. with the work. All right, let's yeah, inverse that. Right. All right, we'll work Yeah, on right. what I
1: meant to say, we are going to be working hard working in hard tec and Napa <laughs> Valley. Working hard. That's
0: right. There we go. All right, work hard play hard. All right, everyone, listen. We are very excited for today's episode. Our guest today is our friend, our partner, Mr. Mani Kulasaria. Uh, he's the co-founder and CEO of Cut & Dry. But before we get started, we're gonna do something a little different today. We usually save our segments till the end. We're adding a little new segment right here, right now, and it's not lost on me, that I think I complained enough. Um, got a, got a few people to write in, and our producer Julie uh, gave me the new segment. So thank you, Julie. Um, so being that our podcast is being released on Tuesdays, we're now introducing Trivia Tuesday for all you people out there. Taco Tuesdays layoff. Okay, you don't own everything with the word Tuesday. This is Trivia Tuesday. Each week we'll share a fun trivia question about our guests. But here's the catch: you have to tune in uh, at the end. Um, to find out the episode to find out the answer so here we go Monty true or false your first job in the U.S. was working illegally at the barn in New Orleans first job working in the U.S. illegally at the barn oh there's gotta
1: be there's gotta be a good story
0: behind that uh so
1: uh, I can't wait to hear so hey listen don't know the answer yet you gotta stay tuned till the stay end tuned. of the podcast stay tuned, stay tuned. So you gotta listen for another three and a half to four hours before we find out <laughs> the answer
0: <laughs> i promise to keep another three four hours all right as i like to say lfg let's get into it um uh, monty we'll let you take the lead please give us a little background on it your, about yourself and of
2: course your best elevator pitch on cut and dry all right guys thanks jimmy thanks Shati, for having me on this i've uh I've been trying through the last 100 episodes to get in. What, what took you guys so long, well, you'll, you'll tell me. We were, we were saving the best for number 104. <laughs> saving the best for world of war. <laughs> so, um, so I'll start with cut and dry. Uh, the, the, the one-liner is that cut and dry is digitizing the food service supply chain. OK, so you know what does that really really mean? Uh, if, if you look at the food, food service supply chain that starts with the producer or a manufacturer and ends with an operator, uh, it's probably one of the most inefficient supply chains uh, across, you know, all industries, uh, and there's a reason for that, and I'll kind of dig into that a little bit more. Uh, but what we are effectively doing is, you know, increasing the efficiency through that entire supply chain. So it matters for restaurants, it matters for distributors, and it matters for manufacturers. So not just in any any single customer. Or said another way, you know, we are creating an entirely new uh, ecosystem. Uh, which is hard to do, but we feel like that is what is necessary to kind of kind of fix uh, the, the the supply chain. Um a little bit about me. I've been working in tech for about 20 years, over 20 years, uh, you know, started in consumer internet and and fintech before the word fintech was even coined, uh, then moved into the food you know, service you, By the industry. way, I just want to
1: let a little a little tidbit, a little fun note. Do you know that Jimmy coined that phrase, fintech? FinTech. Yeah, Yeah. that was Jimmy's idea. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Could he be? Could he be? You got money. totally caught by surprise. He's like, (laughs) I had no idea Jimmy caught going that way. Oh, yeah. Jimmy actually gets a royalty every time you use the word (laughs) FinTech, Jimmy gets a couple of dollars. I don't make a
0: couple cents. I I don't know. I also wrote wrote, Happy Birthday, the song Happy Birthday. That's mine.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Monty. Uh, I, I've been in and out of, uh, you know, fintech, big company, Citibank, you know, uh, and then small company, my first startup. Uh, but now I'm, you know, fully, fully in food service. This is my third start startup. Um, how did we get here? I'll just be very brief. Uh, our last company, Cake, got acquired by Cisco. Cisco is the largest distributor in the food service industry. Uh, we saw how incredibly ancient the Cisco business was run, so we spent four years modernizing Cisco. Uh, and with that, we got, we learned the the industry from. Let's call it the inside the belly of the beast, and uh, that led us to starting cut and dry.
0: That is hey, Shatsy, awesome. Shatsy, and- Shatsy, before you uh, wow. jump in, remember remember how we said
2: an elevator pitch from
0: money? I wanted I wanted to be clear. He did it, but it was a really tall building. And it was a really small elevator. But yeah, yeah, oh, but uh, he's here <laughs> all week, ladies and gentlemen. Here all week, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen.
1: Hey money, listen, before we take a deeper dive, because there's a lot more into cut and dry that we want to get into. But, I mean, we got to take a deeper dive into what makes Monty tick. How did Monty get to sitting with us on a podcast? He lost a uh, That's what we want to know. <laughs> he lost that. <laughs> right now, he's like, I have no idea, and I hope I never do this again. Who booked um, on this show? <laughs> but you worked at some really big-name companies, uh, such as Citigroup, a company called Yahoo, Ah, uh, you mentioned Cisco. Cisco Foods, we're talking about, which is the largest food distributor in the world. Um, and and so you you have a really deep background in finance, in technology, and in food service. So give us a little bit of your background and how that led you to to cut and dry. Uh, Keep it sure. under a minute, Monty. Under a
2: minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chatsy. So I say that you know all founders uh, you know start a company based on some experience that they've had, positive or negative, right? So at Citigroup, I realized how uh, difficult it was for immigrants to do consumer funds transfers across borders. I started a company called CrossFunds. That was my first uh, startup, and the intention was to make it cost effective for immigrants to to send money back home. That led to an acquisition where I ended up with Yahoo running a payments company there called PayDirect. Then I realized how Yahoo is able to effectively do advertising for online to online transactions, but couldn't do it for online to offline transactions, which led us to building cake. The primary purpose behind the cloud POS, and I believe we were the first cloud POS in the hospitality industry before the likes of Toast a came along. A long time ago. That was like 40 Bro. years ago, right, Monty? What year was that? 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long <laughs> time ago. Uh, and that led us to Cisco, and then we saw the nephyships in Cisco, and that led us to, led us to cut right. So, 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 really- so long before Toast, there was cake. Interesting. Interesting. Somehow, everybody about- figured, out, figured out how to name it after a food. Yeah, uh, I like this. it. I like it. Yeah. So, we're all
0: stunned by that, right? Everyone's stunned. We're all There's toast in this cake. I, there's toast in this cake. I was trying to think of other foods that we can name the next POI, cloud based point of sale could be named after. All right. Listen, um, Monty, a big part of Brandon's investment thesis um, is that we love working um and supporting and getting behind companies that are solving you know real and true operational challenges and problems not just um uh, companies that are respectfully in search of a of a problem or an opportunity or a challenge you got to really we want to find the company to help operators can you share with us the big problem that cut and dry is solving for
2: for sure uh, this is actually the piece about cut and dry that makes makes me most excited about, although it is probably the geekiest part of what we do. If you look at the food service supply chain today, it almost looks like a relay race of analog unstructured data that has been passed from silo to silo to silo. There's no structure into the data. There's no digitization to the data. It's not machine readable and nobody can see up and down the supply chain. That creates a situation where 70% of the cost of the product that the restaurant is buying is supply chain cost, which I don't think is true. If that was true in electronics, then you're gonna pay four grand for that iPhone, right? Uh, the other problem is that about 30% of the product that enters the supply chain perishes within the supply chain. It simply gets thrown out, right? To fix that- That's a big that, problem right there, Monty. It's a big problem right there. So that's, that's to fix that, you gotta fix the data piece first. Uh, and then, you know, incentivize the different participants to come, uh, you know, function on the platform. This is where we started. Uh, you know, we now have the largest structured database in the industry, uh, and we. Have wait, 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 lot. wait, wait! Can you repeat that, Monty, for our listeners? I think I just heard something. Jimmy didn't pick up on this. Oh, I picked up on it. Jimmy, is about to, you get get excited? Excited? about to get excited. is about to get excited. Here say? it comes. With with over six hundred and fifty thousand products, we have the largest structured database in the industry. Dude, is is that Breaking news. There it is, is. Breaking news. Let's. That's your unbreaking news. Oh, breaking news! (laughs) Okay, well, that's big. That's big stuff, though. I mean, that's big stuff. Yes. So, uh, so, so that's that's the geeky underlying piece. But the big problem that we're solving, Jimmy, to your question, is uh, you know can have significant benefits to the food service ecosystem, but also you know to humanity in general, because thirty percent food getting thrown out is uh, you know has has environmental and even social consequences. So let's, just, let's just go back to the data, because I know Jimmy gets crazy
1: when you start talking about data. That is his thing. It's Jimmy Data Frisci. I don't call him Jimmy Data for nothing, <laughs> okay? And listen, talk about the role that data, because a lot of people don't think. me you think about food distribution, you don't really think about data. But talk about the, 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 the role that data plays between the operators, the distributors, and the manufacturers. Because I'm
2: as an operator, and I buy food, we buy food in our restaurants I mean, every day. I don't think about data at all. That's exactly right, and I think to succeed in what we're doing, we can't have operators, distributors, and manufacturers thinking about the data either. What we need to do is we need to do the heavy lifting with the data, and then give them applications that makes their lives easier, make their businesses run better. I'll give I'm you. Glad three you examples. said that, Monty, because the last thing I want to think about is data. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> so, so, so leave that up to us, geeks, and Good. I'll give you three examples of for the three different constituents how this benefits them. So, restaurants. Uh, I'll generally order the same products, you know, continuously with, you know, uh, maybe seven to eight different suppliers over and over again. However, you also want new menu items. And in today's supply chain world, you're always looking for substitutes because items are often not available. How do you do that today? You call a bunch of sales guys from different distributors and you kind of, you know, go through this like nightmarish process and then get the wrong product and then go correct it. You can fix all of that if you have the right data and an application that allows you to find that product real time, have confidence that it's the right product because it is fully attributed and make the purchase. That's what you get to do if you're a restaurant using the cut and dry app. Any restaurant anywhere in the US can use the cut and dry app to order whatever they want from whoever they want. Another example for the distributor. So most distributors are gonna get the orders that they need to deliver to their customers tomorrow by the 8 p.m. cutoff today. So they effectively have seven to eight hours to fulfill those orders, get it in the truck and get it out. That's an incredibly hard forecasting job. And this is one of the things that actually drives the inefficiencies in the industry, because this goes all the way up the supply chain. Having data gives a distributor the ability on the cut and dry platform to be able to say, here are the kinds of products that I need to be able to ready to go out. In fact, we can tell the distributor what the restaurant is about to order from you before the restaurant is ordering from you because we collect that historical data right again it's data driven but really what we're providing is an application right and for manufacturers you know I mean, forget about it there is today no connection between manufacturers and end operators unless you are a really really large chain right again putting the data on a digital platform creates that connectivity you know, I'm sticking with this theme because I think
0: uh, the word of the day here uh, on, this, on this episode Jim, of the Jimmy podcast Jimmy Data, Jimmy, he's, data, he's, he's, Jimmy he's, data, Jimmy Data. Jimmy listen, one of the, our favorite uh, hangout phrases, um, and Shachi kind of alluded to it already, is that operators didn't open restaurants to become data miners, okay? They just didn't. So it's understandable that these owners and these operators, these chefs out there might just put up a wall. To using an amazing platform like Cut and Dry, um, they're just setting their ways. Um, you know, they've done it's they they they're, they want to do it the way they've always done it. Um, so we all know owners who may think if it isn't broken, don't fix it. What can you share with these individuals who, let's say, are a little bit reluctant or not as um it, not embracing, let's say, uh, change, not they're not apt for change right now? What do you say to them?
2: Yeah, so we learned this painfully in our last company at Cake. And I would say to a large extent, you know, big public companies like Toast and and DoorDash have also learned this, where you can have the best product in the world, but you still need to do a lot of work to go get the operator convinced to kind of change their user behavior. And that's expensive. Uh, We have acquired over 6,000 restaurants in the last 12 months, averaging about 500 every month. Uh, And we don't have a sales team. We don't have anybody directly talking to the restaurant operator. The restaurant operator finds us primarily through their distributor. Uh, The product is completely free. It's super easy to use. If you know how to use WhatsApp or Messenger, uh, then you can use cut and dry. Uh, It's immediately valuable. Um, And, uh, you know, the use case for the restaurant is not about the data. It's more about if I am today calling eight suppliers, doing two online orders and sending three texts, I can do all of that inside of a single app, just as easy as messaging my buddy. So it's the ease of use. So we're very much focused on, and it's and it's completely free for the restaurant. Hey, Shatje, we have to ask money. How he makes money? Giving away for free. Volume, baby, volume. Volume.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll least, make it up you in know scale.
1: what, Jimmy? Volume makes many problems go away. As you know, if you sell enough things at zero, somehow, some way, something good happens, right, Jimmy? Yeah.
0: That's true. Uh, so, that's, we, we, so,
1: so we hope. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's awesome. So Monty, money, what's the difference between creating a single product first, uh, like first changing the entire ecosystem. I mean, that, 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 that you know, making a product that does scheduling or those inventories, one thing, but you're making a product that you're like, you want to change the entire food chain
2: ordering s- ecosystem. That's a big deal. Yeah. So the first difference between building a product versus entire the ecosystem, it's it's 10x harder. So at the very least. Um and it's very unlikely that we are going to succeed in changing the entire ecosystem on our own. Uh in 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 our vision is to change, be the catalyst. Maybe we shouldn't be telling anybody that, Mani. I mean, maybe
1: <laughs> I, I think maybe we shouldn't say that. Can we cut that out, Jimmy? <laughs> no, no! Don't cut it out! Don't cut it out! I'll leave you. I will leave Are yeah. right, yeah. yeah. I leaving? Leave it in.
2: Hear, hear me out, because I think okay. we can. Right, okay. Listen, I'm going to listen, because I don't like what I'm
1: hearing so far.
2: Yeah, I think we can be the catalyst that changes the entire ecosystem. Here's the example oh, that I'll use. Right? Okay. Here's, okay. So, uh, you know, before Tesla came along and made electric cars so popular, all the big guys, if they even did an electric car, they were dabbling in some, you know, clunky project somewhere, right? So the way Tesla changed the ecosystem is not by building the best electric car, but also building the entire infrastructure behind that electric car, right? So, and that allowed the entire auto industry to kind of realize that electric cars may actually be the future. And now you see all the big guys stepping in and doing that also. I feel we're gonna do exactly the same thing. We wanna create a catalyst of a better food service supply chain, more efficient, less costly, right? Uh, I don't expect the large, you know, distributors to join our platform initially, but at some point, we would catalyze them to change the way they run their business to make it more efficient. So, is it fair to say
1: that Cut and Dry is the Tesla of the food <laughs> service industry?
0: Let's do it. Let's oh, do wow. it. Jimmy, that's breaking news. That's breaking news. That is breaking news, and I have to tell you, you know, I know that uh, Elon Musk is a longtime listener. Uh, never called, never called in, and uh, yeah, Elon never called in. in a never listener. called in. But if you got a longtime listener, if you uh, if you have any money left after your Twitter acquisition, uh, you know, give us a, give us a call. We got the Twitter. Sorry, we yeah, we have got the Tesla. Of the supply procurement side of the of the industry, it's
2: very exciting. Elon, Elon, I know you're listening because
1: I know <laughs> we know you listen because we have the, the data to prove
0: it. Just call us. All right, thanks, here's, Elon. We'll here's, a,
2: here's, a, here's a quick uh quick uh, side note. Uh, Elon's in the restaurant business too. Did you guys know this? Yes, yes, he's
1: creating yeah. a new restaurant concept with the you know yeah the cars the whole so, driving e- your electric car. E-
2: every single Tesla supercharger station is going to have uh, maybe not a Tesla branded but an Elon run. Restaurant, specifically. I think well, they're calling it Musk Burger, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> Musk anything?
0: <laughs> Here we go. All right, all right. I, that was my fault for bringing up uh, you want his name up. I'm am t- bringing it back. Bringing us back. Listen, before we move on, I would love to hear your thoughts on what it's currently like operating a startup in Silicon Valley. Um, since the rise of the Valley, uh, there's this notion that you had, uh, you know, that if you had the, you know, a, a tech startup you wouldn't be able to succeed if you didn't host or move your business to Silicon Valley.
2: So what's it like now? What, if anything, has changed um, and what's maybe stayed the same? Yes, I I, I live in Silicon Valley. I've been here for the last 20 years and I've been in and out of big companies and startups. Uh, This is where my network is. Um, But I'll tell you that the last three years uh, have made uh, uh, an amazing change to how Silicon Valley operates. I believe that the stronghold that Silicon Valley has had around the tech industry in general uh, is diminishing, and it's diminishing fast, right? Uh, My own organization, my own team, we had 20 engineers in the Bay Area. They're now spread across the country. This, however, is gonna benefit the entire world because now you have all the Silicon Valley concept being recreated all over the world, and you don't have to be in Silicon Valley to start the next company. In fact, a lot of the new companies that are being founded right now are not here. The one thing that Silicon Valley still has is there's a concentration of capital here. This is where all the, the the VC money is, or a majority still. But I believe as the ecosystem now gets spread out through the world, the the, the, the capitals uh, is also going to become more and more available across the world. So not great for Silicon Valley, but great for the rest of the world. And Monty, let me ask you something else about Silicon Valley. How's the weather out there? The weather's fantastic and probably one of the reasons you want to right. is- you, you want, want to stick weather. around here? That's one of well, the things. Jimmy here. and I are always thinking about where
1: we could or should move to. And, you know, I, I just think the way you're talking, it sounds pleasurable.
2: It is a nice place. You guys were talking about going to Napa for Murtech. Well, you know, you is that can right, that right any, there? Any weekend.
0: It's right there. So we pop over there?
2: Come over. All, All lunch right. At lunch
0: at Monty's house. All right. Lunch at Monty's. Gonna get a Monty Burger. <laughs> All right, listen, I want to move along into uh our talking back. Um, uh while Shatz and I started this podcast because we enjoy talking to people. We also learned along the and when way we say we. When we say we mean Jimmy, we say we, <laughs> when we say we, we mean what are we French? All of a sudden we, we mean we mean me. We we, um, we, we we also learned along the way that sometimes our guests have questions for us. So let's kick off talking back. We offer our guests the opportunity to ask us uh a question. Uh Monty, nothing's off the table. The microphone is yours.
2: We try and keep it clean, money. It's a family show. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Ready. So, uh, uh, so, so much like you guys have been working together, i known each other forever. Uh, you know, Jim, my co-founder and I have been working together since two thousand two. Uh, and while we work very well together, we've had plenty of situations where we, you know, vehemently disagree. Can you give? Can you guys give me a good, give us a good story on where when the two of you <laughs> vehemently disagreed? And how that ended up.
1: I got to tell you, if I could jump in, I'll tell you, it, it's so easy to work with Jimmy. You just
0: agree. You just agree. Just always agree with Jimbo in that. And everything else is magic. I got to say, Imani Shatsi is so right. He's <laughs> so said, right. Just agree. and And, and everything's magic. Um I actually to be clear, uh I actually do like healthy tension. I like uh differing opinions, so I enjoy good banter and whatnot. Shin Shatzi said the best the there's there's suggested that the way he avoids conflict is just to agree with me. Uh I'll I'll certainly accept that as his answer, but let me tell you a different one. <laughs> let me tell you a different story. Um and and i want to be i'm gonna tell the story and i'll try to make it really quick but i, I want to be clear that's I, impossible I, jim you had I'm, a good story try. since I'm 1978 a, 78. I, was lake. Lake. <laughs> I told short stories in 1978 up in brant lake and it's it all went downhill for me for then uh since then um no chatty is a truly authentic person i really mean that and he's one of the um really most i think He's played nice in the sandbox of this industry for so long. I joke um, that um, you know there's six degrees of separation uh, from Kevin Bacon. And in this industry, there's two degrees of separation from Shatsy. Um, and now that I've said some nice things, now let me tell you where our tension and where our, our moment came in. Shatsy um, and I, we, we are out and about on the road a lot. We are constantly in meetings. And we used to and still somewhat use our own restaurants um, as places where we meet. Um, at, at his, at his core is a restaurant guy. And if a guest walks in and there's no host, uh, at the station, um, he will jump up from that table, you know, and make sure that someone greets that guest. If he sees a napkin fall from the, you know, the bar and land on the floor and he sees it, he will jump up from the table. If a light bulb goes out, um, if a table is, that someone's waving their hand, um, and no one gone over, he'll go over. Now, all that sounds amazing. Unless you're sitting in a meeting in your own restaurant, and maybe your prospective investor or otherwise, is in the midst of a meaningful moment and is about to be asking a question or at a climax of his point, and Cha boom darts away from the table. And where the hell did that guy go? Like and, and like it's like and, and the conversation stops and it was like, what did I say? What was that? And I have to explain Shatsy really is a restaurant guy. He's getting up. He's going to go. And what I finally had to say to Shatsy is f the restaurants like we're in the we're in the middle of this big meeting. Let, let the guests wait a second. Let let the let the napkin stay a second. Let the light bulb be out for a second. But Shatsy's like, hey, man, that's that's me. And Just in time, baby. You know just that, in man. Time. Restaurant guys are just in time. So you know. what I try to do is make sure that we limit the number of these. We'll call it uh, mega meetings. At least in our own joints, because if we're sitting at someone else's restaurant, Shanti's not going to get up from the table when a guest comes in someone else's joint and waits for a minute. He'll note it. He'll note it's not great, but he at least is not going to leave the table. So anyway, just wanted to share that um uh, very authentic, uh, but his the, the 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 his the how authentic he is about being that restaurant guy has disrupted a fair number of meetings. That's been a big issue we've jumped into. So there you have it. But Jimmy, you
1: know what? When I get him the table,
0: you don't miss a beat. You're talking. You just keep on talking. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the long right, listen, story. It's been it's was, honestly, to your
1: point, it is. And and I was kidding. We 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 do have some uh, healthy disagreements, but that's I think one of the reasons why we get along so well. And uh, we've been friends and now business partners for quite a long time, and it's been great. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. If you can make a, if you can have a friendship lasts a long time and you can be business partners there's something special there so wouldn't want to be doing it with anybody else other than jimmy and dino all right. uh, listen, I love the family feud. I'm going to change gears a little bit because I may, I may get teary and start crying, and I don't want to do that right now on the podcast. All right, so let's change gears. Let's get into the special new segment. It's the family feud where you know what, Monty? We ask not just not just hundred random people. We go out and we poll on LinkedIn over 100 million people on LinkedIn, <laughs> and we ask them a question on our poll every week. Okay, so Monty, I'm going to ask you to play the food service feud against jimmy are you ready ready all ready. right here we go so all right we asked 400 billion people what is your favorite
2: gourmet pizza chain the top four answer on the board go domino's domino's jimmo and it's not on the board and eh. we got emmy M-S- squared emmy squared
1: and I am sorry, guys. Neither of you had it. We were we were looking for, by the way. And there's nothing wrong with Domino's. And Emmy Square is gourmet, but Domino's, I mean, Monty, it can be gourmet to many different people. Hey, it's,
0: it's gourmet. But but we're, not one, lunch, a- we're not eating lunch at Monty's anymore. you think it's,
1: Domino's is gourmet. <laughs> Are we? Number four answer: One thousand degrees pizza. Number three answer: Via three one three, our friend over at yeah. Number two: Blaze Pizza. I think that's oh. LeBron. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes, and the Blaze. number one answer on the board was Mod Pizza. Mod? Oh, we should have given it a shot. Oh, we had Mod. We had Blaze. We had Via. Oh man, we could have lit those guys up. You're right. You're right. All right, that was we, we s- both failed. We both yeah, failed. All right, Monty. Well,
1: listen, sticking, stick, st- sticking, sticking with our trivia, trivia Tuesday. All right, because we got the trivia going. Okay, uh, Jimmy, let's yeah, get back at- to the. Let's get back to the uh, the original how we started off, and yeah. uh, and about Monty
0: yeah so look at the top of the show top of the episode we asked uh true or false was monty's first job in the u.s working illegally at the barn uh a bar in new orleans so shatsy care to guess well i mean yeah, obviously monty was working illegally at this
1: place
2: in new orleans all right well monty well,
0: give us yes an answer, it's my true friend.
2: yes it's true now give us the story my friend well i showed up in new orleans from sri lanka this is the first time i came to the u.s uh, with five hundred dollars in my pocket, I spent it all over the first weekend, I believe, and uh, then I then I had to get a job because I had no no money to do anything, and and I wasn't supposed to work. Um, I started working in this uh, college town bar in New Orleans. Uh, what's the worst job you could have when you first start working at a bar?
0: Dishwasher.
2: Yeah, I, I would say back. First, bar, yeah, bar, back bar, bar dishwasher. Bar back. Bar,
0: I like the bar back better than dishwasher. What? You tell us what was what was your job?
2: Well, supposedly I was dishwashing, but I was also responsible for cleaning the toilets.
1: Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. When you say good one, Jimmy, you mean
2: bad one. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is one of those bars that have uh, the trough urinal. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Come and and yeah. everybody, everybody throws their cigarette butts. This is where yes. OK.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and I so, think a lot of people, as big as the trough is, I think a lot of people miss it. And they just hit the floor. <laughs> that's right. So my job was to go in and, and, and clean that. That's 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 where I started. But I worked there the full three and a half years that I was in Orleans, that I lived in New Orleans. And that's it a, that's a that, that was a lane bar, right? It was a two-lane bar. I've won. I, I got I one. You, you know, my he, wife
1: went to Tulane. I got my. I got my middle one, Georgie, in Tulane. I was just down there. Let me tell you, they party there. So that must have been one hell of a dirty bar.
0: I'm checking with oh. my counsel right now the statute of limitations from the IRS regarding your uh your under the table uh compensation you received at that time. And I and Monty, I think you're okay.
2: Yeah, it should you're be okay. okay. So you're no right.
1: back taxes road, No back taxes. It, 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 right,
0: it, it, it was a fun time.
1: I'll tell you yes. that. All right, listen. So, you know what? You've come a long way from cleaning toilets to now running cut and dry. You've come a long way in, in, in Silicon Valley. That's for sure. All right. Listen, Monty, Brandon Quickfire is regarded as probably the greatest segment in all podcast history. Um, this is just not me. This is science talking now. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Uh, first thing comes to your mind. Are you ready?
2: Ready. Let's do it. If you would have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Two people, one dead, one alive, Steve Jobs and Elizabeth Holmes. And all three of us are going to wear black turtlenecks. And I want to see how how these guys are different.
1: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. you, There's definitely a difference between Elizabeth Holmes and Steve Jobs. Because I saw that movie. I saw that movie. Uh, Was it Theranos? Theranos,
2: Theranos, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, Uh, I don't think they have anything, but I think Apple's still doing pretty good. But anyway, (laughs) great, great answer. Okay. Where are you getting dinner from tonight, Monty?
2: A local restaurant called the Pub, which is in the town that I live in, Woodside. What's your favorite food city in the world? New Orleans.
1: Ah, uh, probably the barn. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite
2: place to travel? Uh, so I'm a Japanophile. I I, I, I was a full fledged Japanophile at one point. I am not that you know much it's anymore, but I love going to Japan. It's such a unique culture in in many many different ways. Haven't been
1: got to get there. I think Jimmy spent some time there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Um, if you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a game of battleship, you remember battleship, right? Yeah. Who do you have better odds of beating? C6. Miss.
2: <laughs> oh, sure, Jimmy. Whoa. Really? Wow. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Please. Uh, hear it. You know, uh, uh if, if you're going to fight someone, are you going to fight the big guy or the crazy guy?
1: Ooh, mm. interesting. Yeah. So who's who's the crazy? So I'm the crazy
2: guy. Yeah. I'm not gonna fight the
1: crazy guy. I'll fight the big oh, guy. Hey, I think it's a compliment. I'm the crazy guy.
0: You know what? I, I, I respect. I respect his answer. I I didn't even chime in. I thought that was so obvious. Gonna be he was gonna pick on you, but but I respect the answer. You go after the going after the big guy. All right. You by the way, if you're gonna come for the king. Better not miss. Better not miss. <laughs> We're gonna All bring up right. next time in your town, Monty. I'm bringing out the battleship. I got I got it at home. I got
1: the original at home. I'm bringing it in, and we're gonna check that out.
0: I assume. You know, just, I assume just the the, the understanding of Shat's is uh his uh, ADD. Uh, there was no way Shat's had the patience to play this game. But but wait, I don't want to. I don't want to Jimmy, me. what what did you just say? Exactly. There you go. Monty, listen, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on the podcast uh, and sharing your great insights with us. We appreciate uh, your hard work and really everything that you and your team at Cut and Dry are doing for the uh, the industry. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Monty directly. Um, you can email the podcast team, uh, podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make uh, that introduction uh, for you. Um, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. We know there are truly thousands, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we just continue to be amazed um, how much our uh, our subscribers and our viewership just grows and grows.
1: Real quick, Jimmy. I just want to ask Bonnie, Bonnie, if people want to learn more about cut and dry on any side of the uh, you know, the operator, the distributor or the op- or the or the manufacturer, where do they go? What's the URL? How do they check it out?
2: cutanddry.com. Spelled just like that. Spell it just like it sounds. I was, thinking, I was thinking a lot more complicated, but that's pretty easy. I like it.
1: Spell, Spell and like it like Go check
0: right.
1: it out on any side of that if you're a manufacturer, if you're an operator or you're a distributor. Check out cutanddry.com because I got to tell you something, it is one incredibly
0: cool user interface and user experience. I love it. I like it a lot. And to our listeners, please don't forget to join us next week when we have our guest and our friend, Mr. Andre Venner, partner at Doghouse and Absolute Brands. This guy is a visionary, and I'm telling you, we're going to have a really good time. You don't want to miss it. Listen, uh, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, again, with appreciation to our friend and partner, Monty, uh, saying cheers, goodbye, and passing it back to my boy, Shatsy. Uh, This
1: is the restaurant guy, aka Shatsy. Uh, For all those listeners, if anybody happens to be uh, in the Silicon Valley tonight, Monty is cooking up Monty burgers, and (laughs) uh, just stop on by. He's got plenty of food.
0: Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everyone. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers.